Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I'm the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, where we welcome people from all over the world to come onto the podcast and get coached live and in person. Today, we have a return guest. His name is Murray Simser, and he is the president and founder of a company called Citizen. Or if you want to look him up on the web, it's citizen.world. Murray, welcome. Thank you very much, Kim. I'm happy to be back. So I'm really excited to catch up with you. Before we kind of get into all of that, remind everybody what is Citizen and where are you at this point in your launch and your introduction? How are things going? Fill us in. I know that you were super excited before, very passionate about your project. So where are you now? Well, I, 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 I have terrific news on the progress front. We've, we've done some incredible things since we saw you last time. Let me start with just a bit of a story about Citizen. Um, Citizen, in the simplest uh, description, is democracy's social network. Um, and, and when you think about it in those terms, I think it says a lot. Um, everybody can understand this concept today. Uh, democracy is just not doing what it was supposed to be doing. For. And we, we live in, we live, for instance, in uh, a country here in Canada, uh, where, you know, it, it, different parties are arguing about COVID-19, for instance, and nobody's listening. Uh, there's a study done by Stanford that sort of supports the reason we're doing this, and it's called America in One Room. Um, and, and it just basically lays out that, that democracy is, is sliding towards non-democracy, and that is autocratic states, totalitarian states. We aim to fix that. So citizens' job, that citizen with no E, citizen, C-I-T-I-Z-N dot world, um, our job is to give power back to people. Um, in every democratic society on earth, um, using a very simple construction, a social network style application that allows every person, regardless of their speciality, education, knowledge, to actively participate in the dialogue of their democracy. So Canada will have its own citizen. The United States will have its own citizen. It's not me. It's not my business to run other people's democracies. It is my business to build technologies to allow people to run their own democracies. So that's what we've done. From a progress standpoint, uh, as you know, we launched in 2019. Um, we did the global launch in December of that year. And from that point until December of last year, uh, we were working on the product and the concept and the structure of the corporation, um, all funded by the founders uh, of the company. Uh, we, we took in a small angel investment from a very uh, significant wealthy person uh, here in Toronto uh, who backed us because they believed, and that person, Pierre Legare, God bless him, believed in our, our program, and we built the MVP. And the MVP uh, we launched on December of last year. MVP is a minimum viable product. It's sort of a prototype that we show people uh, to give them a sense for how the thing's going to work and to get feedback from the users to make sure that it's going to work for uh, those individuals uh, down the road. And we did that a few times. We, we took three different versions of the prototype and brought that out to the public, had them play with it. And the reception was, um, what, what was, was quite significant. People are really excited about the concept that 
citizen represents. And, and, and that concept is going to come to full fruition in June when we launch, uh, June or July, we're actually hoping it'll be Canada Day uh, when we launch uh, the Canadian Citizen uh, Organization. But it, it may be plus or minus, so please give me special dispensation if it's a bit later or a bit earlier. Um, but that's going to be the commercial launch. And between now and the end of this year, we're going to aim to get a couple million Canadians on the platform so that we can commercially prove this out. Now to do that, um, lastly, we need to raise capital. And so as, as, as you may or may not know, just based on my LinkedIn post, we actually are in the process of raising a $5 million round of capital um, for the corporation to fund the launch activities in Canada, the United States and India. And that closes May 26th. So right now, my focus is exclusively on bringing to the table the capital that's required to fund all of the activities um, and uh, make sure that the team has all the resources they need uh, to take this public. So are you looking for one primary uh, investor or are you looking for multiple investors? Well, it, 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 that depends. It, it, key, right, we have lots of people who have expressed their interest in this. We would like to see a proper lead investor on this. And so at the end of the day, when you have a proper lead investor, um, that that's really the goal right now. We've got lots of people that are write checks. We've got lots of people that are interested. This is an accredited round, so this is not a solicitation uh, for people to to sort of fund it. It's not crowdfunding. Um, it it but but what we need is an institutional investor or a lead investor that'll be in there, and that's the work that we undertake as an executive team to make sure that we get the right investor and the right capital into this organization. We have to make sure that whatever capital comes into this company is not seen as polluting the vision, okay? The vision is by, for, and of the people. Um, so you can't have sort of money coming in from a certain area or a certain group that, that, that would sort of um, materially incent is it possible? Behavior. Is it possible actually to have a neutral investor? Uh, and, it is. An unbiased uh, investor? Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. All investors have one goal, and that is a return on capital. What you need to do, though, and the way we've structured this company is those investors, if they do come in, have to join the company with the full knowledge that this company is going to be controlled by a charter, not controlled just by the fiduciary obligation of the officer and directors to the shareholders. That charter is going to supersede, in some cases, uh, the interest of the shareholder. And, but that's what makes this interesting. The right investor will see this as a rebranding of capitalism and an opportunity to partner with people to address inequality and to completely change the landscape that's out there. If an investor is somebody who is uh, exclusively concerned with their return on capital and not the people on the other end, then they're not the right investor. And that's what I mean by finding the right type of right. investor. But I'll say this. The return on this is going to be the same or more than any other investment. It's just that the structure that we've we've put into place um, really does change the nature of the relationship between investor and people because we're no longer in our company. They are not at each other's throats. Um, in fact, they're partners, and 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 they have an incentive to work together to achieve these great goals that we've set for ourselves. And I'll remind you what that is. We are going to defend it. We are going to reinforce democracy where it lives. We are going to defend it where it's challenged, and we're going to give rise to it everywhere else. Okay. Talk about passion. I thought <laughs> I was passionate. I think you trumped me. Okay. So when we spoke last time, you're, you were grappling with the team that you were building and that you yes. had two different, let's say, 
factions in your team, uh, one that thrived on, let's call it um, problem solving, innovation, and the other that was a little bit more of a, a supportive playing role. And these two sides weren't necessarily aligned. Yeah, yes, indeed, I do recall that? that conversation. <laughs> yeah, where did we land on that? I know that when we posted your podcast, we got comments from people on your team saying <laughs> thank you for the conversation with Murray. So something happened that worked. So tell me, tell me what happened there and what is your challenge today? So, so we, we actually, your, your feedback was, was completely implemented. Um, you know, wow. we, we went through an exercise, regrettably, where we had to triage the team a little bit. Uh, and, and I think that's a normal thing inside of startups. But, but I actually took um, a page from your book, and I started to make sure that I spent a lot more time for the new people that were joining the organization, assessing their ability to sort of fit in one of those two camps. And I'll remind people what those two camps were uh, just for fun. In a startup, everybody loves this sort of glamour, oh, I did a startup in this sort of business, okay? But only half of the people that join the startup actually want to do the work that's necessary for that passion to turn into something that's interesting. And so what you end up with is people with um, expectations that are set incorrectly. Um, the, the people who are passionate, they're all passionate about it, but when it boils down to it, you know, are you able to work at 9 p.m. at night? And if it's 1.30 in the morning and 6 o'clock in the morning and there's somebody in Europe that wants to talk to you, if you're not capable of working in that type of environment, you're not worthy of a startup. And, and I don't mean that, you know, you, you're not worthy as a person, but rather your skill sets and your expectations just don't fit. Right. And so I spent a good amount of time making sure that I set expectations with the new people that have joined the team since that time. And I'm really uh, delighted to say that I think that triage exercise, the feedback that you gave us uh, was really helpful. Um, and, and I would say the podcast was really helpful because it also it, 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 it illuminated the problem in a non-confrontational way for those that were existing in the organization. So some of them self-selected into the right behavior. Some of them didn't self-select in, in, into the right behavior and they had to go. Um, and that's okay. That's the nature of a startup. So um, you shared the case, podcast. Our new team is all set. Okay. But you shared the podcast with your team. Of course I did. They heard it. And they, they and did. And they loved awesome. it. They're like, oh yeah, we like her. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so where are we now? What is your current hottest, biggest, most complicated challenge? So my, my hottest, biggest, most complicated challenge right now, I, 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 I think, um, is, is, is the management of a corporation behind this video camera, okay? And, and, and by this, I mean, we have done incredible things over the last year, despite everything. Um, but, but there is a sort of fatigue that sets in when you can't get people um, as motivated as you normally would be, when you can't have a social occasion now and again, when you can't shake somebody's hand, there are people in this organization, by, but by and large, everybody in this organization, unless I knew them before this COVID started, I have never seen them. Um, I've never, sh I, I, I have shaken their hand. I haven't had occasion to take them out for dinner, get to know them a little bit. Um, there's there's only so much you can do over Zoom. And, and, and I have to say that, that I think when you have a team like ours that's virtual, that is uh, India, uh, New York, uh, Europe, uh, spread across Canada, spread across the United States, it, 
it, you know, it, it's a harder thing. And I think this is something that's not been seen before, um, where you, at, you haven't at least had a catalytic moment where you were together and then you, you went off to your respective locations. We haven't had that personal touch. That, that often creates bonds between people. Um, and, and, I, and I see a lot of people sort of, depending on their character, and I say this uh, sort of loosely, my character's loud and outgoing and I'll reach out and I don't care. I, I'm perfectly happy in these environments, but there are other people that don't necessarily have the character to do that, to get out in front, um, to share their feelings, to, to, to say what they're thinking. And I often find I have to sort of go in and find them and, and actively engage with some team members um, to keep them motivated and keep them uh, citizen top of mind. Uh, and and, and I, I seem to spend a lot more time on doing that as the time is going forward because I think uh, this is really weighing on people. So it sounds like what you're really looking for is a bit more of a personal connection, interaction, personal touch with the people on your team, not only from you to them, but between them and each other. Yes. Okay. That's, that, that second part is what I'm actually talking about. Okay. okay. Me and them, I can, I'm capable of reaching out and, and doing it. But this is not a this is not a pyramid scheme, okay? Where I'm at the top and they're at the bottom, they do what they're told. This is a startup. A startup doesn't work on a hierarchical basis, okay? It works on the innovation basis, and that requires the people on the team to work together and help each other out, discover ways of doing things, talk about stuff. Yeah. So I want to share with you. Uh, you know, usually I just have a, a very specific kind of uh, formula for everything, but in this case, I want to share with you a personal experience uh, that I had this past year that kind of shocked me. And this is what it was: uh, when we, what we do, one of the pieces that we do is we certify people in what we call the frame of mind coaching methodology. A lot of those people who come for certification are leaders who have been through coaching who say holy crap, that was amazing. How do I learn how to coach? How do I bring coaching into my organization? And so for the past, I don't know how many years, maybe 10 years, we've certified people in this methodology of coaching. And one of the parts of certification is that people come into town, to Toronto, for a four-day in-person, intimate, deep-dive event. And they build very, very intimate relationships in person that last way beyond these four days. But COVID hit, we can't do that. And so yep. we canceled the first one because it was really at the very beginning of COVID. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how things were going to go down. And when we realized COVID is a long lasting experience, we decided to have our um, in-person, we call it frame of mind methods experience on Zoom. And right. I was determined to make it the best online experience that anyone could ever have so that it would be engaging it would be interesting it would be entertaining it would be intimate it would be deep just like an in-person experience minus right. having dinner in person you know minus yeah. giving somebody a physical hug minus you know so to the best of our ability and so we organized a three-day event now what was involved in the three-day event there was a tactile piece physically a tactile piece where we literally yep. sent them a box full of stuff. And that yep. box was filled with um, assignments, exercise equipment, not, not like weights, but 
things that they needed to do for various exercises during the Zoom experience. Uh, but it was just right. filled with stuff that complemented our agenda. The second thing that yeah. happened was we organized a, an agenda that was deliberately designed to create intimacy between individuals. And over this time period, what happened was a level of intimacy that was even beyond in-person meetings because there was so much face-to-face -face time actually that took place. And by the end yeah. of the three days, we always ask for feedback. We send out evaluation forms and the overwhelming feedback was it was too short. They wanted more. And so what really? I would suggest to you, yes, crazy. It was incredible. <laughs> I, was, I was personally blown away um, and shocked wow. with what we could pull off. And what I want to share with you is that two things. Number one is that creating uh, an environment of connection and intimacy requires just as much innovation as the kind of thinking and innovation that you're putting into your product and your product development and how it gets rolled out. Yes. You have an innovative team, leverage them, lean on them. Number two yes. is when you provide structure for people where they are pushed into or moved into situations in a guided way where they need to talk to each other and even yep. give a methodology for that talking, that talking takes place. And the, the depth, the connection, the intimacy you're looking for actually happens. Wow. And last but not least is when you decide as a team to carve out the time for this purpose, yep. right? Where you're really focused on only the personal piece rather yeah. than the business piece and all the other stuff you're always talking about. Yeah. And you stick to those rules of engagement, yeah. magic can happen. And as, and what we're looking for is commitment to that objective. I think that that's, I think that's a really interesting thing to hear because in the end, um, and, it, and I'm going to log in on another computer so we can actually see each other. Um, but in the end, this sort of thesis that um, you're proposing, I would have always thought like, okay, well, that's extra stuff that's Zoom, okay, or Teams or, or whatever platform you're on. But what you're telling me is even though you're adding more time on camera by creating a sort of backstory, something that's intimate, by sending them things, what you actually end up with um, is, is, is the intimacy that may be lacking typically in a Zoom environment. Um, and I, I think that that, in the end, is something I had not yet considered um, and, as and, a viable option. And it's how you structure this meeting that matters. And in, in our case, I was the facilitator. I was the leader of this event. You may want to work with someone who can help you do that. You may choose to do that yourself. Right. But what you're looking for is someone who can facilitate a, how conversation takes place and creates structure for those conversations to happen. Absolutely. So I, I hope that that was useful. Um, well, it, it is very useful as a matter of fact. I, I, think, that, I think that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send them this version of it as well and uh, we'll see how we <laughs> Yeah, and, and maybe what happens is they say we love her so much that we want her to help us pull this off. 
And I'm open to that. And, and that's, that's exactly it. At the end of the day, what you're talking about is creating, setting a stage for ongoing relationship to take place. That's correct. So you do need a moment where people are truly connecting one-on-one. You do yes. need that, you know, that, that synaptic connection to take place for the relationships to build and also for trust to take place, for trust to happen. So, um, you know, while Zoom seems like an unlikely platform, it's not the platform that's lacking. It's our innovation about how we use the platform that really matters. And so that's my message for the day. Well, I, I think that that's a trade. Look, let me tell you something. Every time I get on here, you give me a nugget that, that, that I can sort of implement, practically speaking. And so, it, you know, in the end, um, the, the sort of thesis is get creative, innovate. It's sort of the startup mantra anyway. Quit the whining about the sort of structure that's out there. It is what it is. Um, and, 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 and try to make the best of it. it you know, it, it's age-old wisdom and advice applied to something very practical and real, um, and, and I think that you'll probably see some comments on this post too. Yeah, we like that. And, and, and it'll be, you know, send us gift cards, send us all the rest of it. So it'll be, it'll be some fun stuff. Yes. And I can give you all kinds of creative ideas, uh, that will sh- surprise them. You could say. Wonderful. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay. Murray, I, you know what? I can't wait to have you back yet another time in a few months when the challenge is new, you're going to be the, re- the returning guest. <laughs> I would love that, Kim, as always. You're exceptional. You're gifted. I appreciate all of the comments and support. Um, and frankly, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Citizen anytime, anywhere. And to that all your guests. Clear. That is clear. Uh, but what I want to say is stay on the phone with me. I might have yeah. uh, someone to introduce you to for as an investment. Excellent. Door. I, I okay. would love to. Do you want me to stay on here or do you want me to call you on the. Stay right on here. Okay. All right. Perfect. For those of you who are listening, I hope that, uh, I don't know, every time I talk to Murray, I get charged, I get excited, I get energized. Not that I'm not already energized, but now it's double. I hope that you took something away from this particular episode. Uh, If you have a challenge that you want to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If you have a challenge that you want to discuss privately, please reach out to me as well. Again, that's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And for those of you who are listening, please go to iTunes, go to all the places where you can listen to this podcast, like, share, tell people about it. And more importantly, if you have a challenge that you want to hear about, also reach out to me. Um, I love the challenges. They're always exciting to me. Until we see you next time. Bye-bye.